0: Welcome to the Wise Herbal Podcast. Thanks for joining this next episode. This podcast is sponsored by Wise Woman Herbal, and I'm Chris Fawn, Certified Clinical Herbalist and Director of Wise Woman Herbal, and I'm excited for our episode today because I get to have a conversation with Dr. Alicia Spaulding mm-hmm. from the Nature Nurture Pharmacy in Washington. Welcome, Dr. Spaulding. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Hi, thanks for having me. So, you're doing some really great work in Washington at, at Nature Nurture Pharmacy, which is a nonprofit. So, tell us about what you're doing there.
1: Yeah, so our goal of our nonprofit is uh, our mission is to empower the community and their health journey through education on healthy living, growing food and medicine, and creating herbal remedies. And our focus is on sustainability and disease prevention. So, the real focus of our nonprofit is to Really set the foundations of health for people. So to teach them about food as medicine, um, sleep, healthy living, how they can use herbs in their daily life, and really to empower people to take control of their health. That's really, really
0: great. Really important work, especially kind of in the time that we're in right now, where um, so many people are afraid and fearful of, um, you know, the viral outbreak going on, the coronavirus at this time. So um, that's awesome that you're doing that. How did you come to do this work?
1: So I graduated from Bastier in 2016, and I studied herbal medicine and hydrotherapy while I was at school. And I really fell in love with it. I, I thought it was such an incredible, both modalities are so awesome and really accessible to people. And I realized that naturopathic medicine in general had become incredibly inaccessible to people because of its cost. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of folks uh, can't it's not covered by insurance and so um, and herbal remedies don't tend to be covered by insurance and so a lot of folks um, just didn't have the accessibility that they needed and so i I decided that starting a nonprofit was going to be our best option because it gave us the most flexibility in reaching the the greatest number of patients. And so we started the, we got the nonprofit launched um, in July of 2018. So it took a while um, to really get things off the ground and moving. And so we did a lot of stuff just for free before we even got the nonprofit started. And then having the nonprofit gave us a base to um, get people behind our movement. And so they could see that we had, you know, intentions of helping the community. And so that was a really big part of um, of getting us started. I'm in a very rural community, so we're between Seattle and Portland, directly off the five, and um, just kind of lack of access to healthcare in general, no matter what it was, whether it was naturopathic medicine or conventional medicine, a lot of people are really skeptical. And so um, being in a rural area with lots of, lots of access to agricultural land, we decided that growing herbs was gonna be our best option. And so that's kind of how we got started. That's great. Um,
0: and so you live on like five acres of land, right?
1: Yeah. So when I, um, when I left last year, I realized that I could actually grow a lot of the medicine that I wanted to use. And that in the Pacific Northwest, we have the ability to grow lots of herbs here and let alone all the ones that are just out in the woods, which is so cool. And so I, um, very kindly asked my mom if she didn't mind if I moved back to her five acres that, was kind of, that wasn't that was being used. And, um, and so she kindly uh, allowed me to do that. And so I built a tiny house on her property uh, this summer that I graduated from med school and started growing herbs um, that summer.
0: That's so exciting. I love that. That's like true local medicine, right? Um, and, and you're right. The Pacific Northwest is like the perfect place for Growing herbs. Um, Wise Woman Herbals is located in Oregon, and so we definitely enjoy um, the fact that about 70% of our <clears throat> plant materials come locally from the Pacific Northwest because it's just such a lush environment. So that's wonderful. Um, so now, in the time that we're in right now, people, you know, are worried about the coronavirus and they're pretty fearful. And so, you know, it's changing how people are moving through their daily life. So I'm wondering what kind of advice you're giving to your patients on number one, how to support their immune system to avoid something like the coronavirus or even the flu, because we're still in flu time.
1: Um, As
0: well as, you know, what, what, can we do for the emotional well-being of people um, you know when they are living with so much fear and uncertainty do you have any advice
1: yeah i mean there's kind of there's a lot there so i'm in washington state so we're kind of in a in a really chaotic time right now as we've had a lot of people pass away we've had a lot of um localized incidences of people of a lot of people getting sick and so Um, Yeah, there's a lot of fear and panic here. We've had events canceled all the way out through May already um, in Washington state, and we're definitely being urged for uh, social distancing. And so I wanna caution people the difference between like social distancing and and isolation, because a lot of the groups that we're needing to isolate, especially elderly are already a group of incredibly isolated folks um, and and kind of socially removed. And so I think that it's super important um, to, one if you're sick to to stay home um have a support group that you kind of get into place now so prevention is key Um, don't wait until you're sick to figure out what you're going to do so um, if you've had a chronic health um, condition in the last few years it's important for you to be a little bit more cautious Um, making sure you're washing your hands making sure other folks around you are washing their hands it's less of a concern um for the general public of, of death or um, of of crazy illness, it's more so we need to protect others. Um, you know, health our healthcare workers, our, our folks who are immune compromised, and so a lot of it's just being mindful. You know, the the basic hygiene rules: cover your mouth if if you're ill, not, don't go out in public. Um, but also the whole fear idea is is we can't really you know when we're afraid and when we're scared, it kind of puts a um a damper on our immune system right off the bat, and so. A lot of things that you can do to support your immune system include eating fruits and vegetables. Um, Getting five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables in are really, really important, and that's basic things that you can do. Um, Also, hydration. It's important to be adequately hydrated all the time. It's hard during the winter. People tend to be less thirsty, so it's it's drink warmer water, drink herbal teas. Um, Doing the foundational work, making sure that you're getting enough sleep uh you know watch a little bit of news so that you stay informed but watching six to eight hours of news a day will just incite more panic um check on your neighbors if you're in a, in a rural community you know check on your elderly neighbors check on folks and, and call them you know and just ask them if you can get anything for them i think right now especially in this time we need less um less social isolation we need to be checking in on each other how can we support each other um and forming those kind of networks, because this is not going to go away anytime quick. And there, and there are a lot of other illnesses out there that we need to worry about, exactly like the flu. Um, and so whether whether we're concerned about lots of people, you know, mass numbers of people dying or not, we are concerned about people getting sick and the toll that will take on our healthcare system. And so it's just kind of being mindful. Um, there are lots of supplements you can take. Actually, I, for one, have been um, uh, prescribing a lot of calmerite Glycerite for folks who just tend to be a little bit more anxious. And so it's like, you know, use this time right now to read books, um, spend time outside with your family, get your spring garden prepped. You know, there's lots of things that you can do that are that are proactive um, that that don't, that don't mean you're just sitting at home being worried about what, what's going to happen to you.
0: That's great. That really good. And you know, The when you mentioned, you know, checking in on the elderly around you, that's super important because I was thinking about that yesterday. I live um, on a street where we have several houses of elderly people, and I need to stop over and make sure they're doing okay and maybe drop off some goodies for them to, you know, help them stay well. So that's really a good, good way for us to, you know, get back to that community connection as well and realizing that you know, we can be fearful, um, but there's there are people that we really need to worry about and look in on and take care of. So that's great advice. And I like how you said, you know, don't watch six to eight hours of news, because the fear that's being perpetuated in the media is really the hardest part. And, you know, I thought, I sort of thought that the toilet paper hoarding issue was over exaggerated until I went to the store yesterday. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh, there's literally five packages of toilet paper left.
1: (laughs) Yes.
0: So yeah. Now do you have any particular um, specific um, vitamins or nutrients um, and herbs that you're recommending? I know that you mentioned that you're prescribing Calmarite for your Patients a lot, which I love, that is probably one of my favorite mood support formulas from Wise Woman Herbals. I use it all the time. Um, but do you have any other um, nutrients or herbs that you're recommending on a regular basis for people to stay well?
1: So, as far as it, it, it can be really um, individualized, so that that becomes a little bit trickier question. There's some basics, and I have a little blog um, on my website that has a couple really simple recommendations as far as what we know for immune support, things like um, vitamin C and zinc and getting good B vitamins and D. And so specific dosing is really difficult because it's so variant upon patient. That's like kind of the key thing in naturopathic medicine that's really cool is, you know, like it's not a one size fits all. And so as far as like meds goes, it's not like a, okay, you have a headache, take two Tylenol. That's what everybody does you know, it's a, maybe for you, you might need you know, need a, one gram of vitamin C and other people might need two to three grams of vitamin C. Um, same with vitamin D, you might need a little higher dose if you're already deficient. And so um, as far as specific micronutrients, you know, um, for one thing they're really hard to find right now so you know if you have a local health food store picking and going in there and checking on things but i was just on emerson and full scripts in the last couple of days and things are back ordered till mid-march if not till april um and right. so i think i think one of the best things people can do is using food as medicine you know making sure that you're cutting out cutting out high sugar things cutting out alcohol if you drink heavily or if you drink much at all um like limiting your use of tobacco and things that you're smoking, uh, all those things just to kind of keep your baseline healthy. And then, um, of course, we have our our favorites, like um, I'm a huge fan of fire cider, because I think that's a great use of food as medicine. Um, for those of you who don't know fire cider, fire cider is an infused uh, apple cider vinegar that usually has things like ginger and turmeric and horseradish and cayenne pepper uh, and garlic and onion. So super packed food source there or of course, you know, elderberry syrup. And there's lots of talk right now of the concern of elderberry syrup maybe increasing a cytokine storm and folks who are already sick. And so there there's the, the talk, you know, possibly of using elderberry syrup earlier in your um in your onset of illness or or as a preventative tool. So using it to support your immune system. And then kind of checking in with your herbal provider or doctor as far as what they would suggest if you're if you're actively ill. Um, but realistically, you know getting good sleep drinking adequate water making sure that you're um that you're fueling your body with good fruits and vegetables like that is our that is our best defense for illness exercising you know um go out and walk and move your body you know that's those are the things that um kind of are are helping to just keep our system um primed all the time you know one thing that i've read lately and this was um an ent doctor was talking about this yesterday Um, doing uh, nasal flushes. So if you ever heard of a neti pot or um, they have sinus nasal wrenches that are just squeeze bottles because this is an infection that hits the mucous membrane, kind of keeping your mucous membranes flushed out. We we suggest people do that for allergy season anyways, which we're kind of coming into. So there's this weird, like it's flu season, it's allergy season. We now have coronavirus. And so we're, we're trying to, you know, at the office it's crazy because we're trying to tease out what's what, you know, um, but really doing nasal rinses and that basic hygiene can be um, really, really key.
0: Oh, that's such good advice. And you mentioned fire cider, which I also love. And um, I was doing some reading on the cytokine storm concern um, when using elderberry, you know, in progressed states and that being a concern. And what I found interesting is a lot of the herbs or foods that can combat that cytokine storm are what is normally in fire cider, you know, the onion and the garlic and the ginger, right. And then some other herbs like yarrow and that you could throw into, you know, kind of any preparation or take by itself. And so I thought that was pretty fascinating. So, you know, use, and we have um, Wise Woman Herbals has dragon fire winter tonic, which is our version of a fire cider. And, Ooh, is it hot and spicy? I love it. It's really, really great. So, it, you know, for people who like that really hot, spicy, or really need to stimulate the immune system, that's a, that's a great one to do. And I like using that together with the elderberry, like you had mentioned. So Yeah, and remember, um, those can
1: be used as preventative things, not just as mm-hmm. treatment. So taking those things every day, um, you know, as a prevention is is really important. Right. That's great.
0: So now you had told me before that you had two or three practical things that our listeners can take away beyond what you've already given, which is such great practical information. Um, but you had two or three kind of um, tips for people um, that they can start using in their life right away. So, so what, what would you give as tips?
1: yeah I would say um i th- I would say it's really important to remember that you, as an individual, have the power to make the world a better place, and you have this power by every day, the way you interact with people, plants, and animals around you. And I think we tend to forget that when we live in a society um especially that has a lot of influencers or famous famous folks who tend to you know move the trajectory of things. It's important to remember that you have the ability to influence those people around you in your community, in your home. and so um, don't wait, don't wait for other people to start movements. If they if you see the need for um, something to be happening, start that movement yourself. You know, if, if like, for example, you were talking about even your, your elderly neighbors, you know, don't wait for someone else to tell you to go check on people. You know, if you have that feeling, just go and do it, you know, and, um, and you really do have the ability to, to change people around you. And so I think that we tend to, you know, think that we're just one person and we can't do much, but our influence is that ripple effect. You know, you drop that one tiny drop in the water and it ripples out to a lot of people. And, you know, I for one find that um, I really enjoy working with other healthcare practitioners. I like to kind of um, help help work with the other practitioners so that they can do their good work in the world, you know, reminding them of the things that they need to do to stay healthy. Um, so I I find that to be really important. So you can have an exponential effect on people and we don't even realize it, you know? um I also think that it's really important to remember that you know time is an illusion we always think that we'll wait until we're better or we'll wait until we know something more or or maybe we've missed our boat you know like well I'm too old I you know to to live out my passion I think that that's you know time is an illusion and we need to remember that um that now is the best place now is the best time to start you know so if you've been wanting to start a health regime or wanting to start a different lifestyle like you can create that life that you want, you know, and it just requires you to um, put one foot in front of the other and make tiny changes. You know, looking back now, when I first started this nonprofit, um, I kind of, you know, in 2016, when I graduated, I was like hypothetically telling people about this nonprofit that I was gonna start that didn't exist, you know, and that's, and it started from nothing. It started from me just doing small acts of kindness and then saying, oh, yeah, I'm doing this on behalf of, you know, my nonprofit that was nothing, it didn't even exist. And then, Slowly, it was just became this thing where I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I am doing these things, and they, they're they real, and they're happening, and more people started joining. And so um, we actually started, you know, on that note, we started a school garden last year. That was, that was one of the biggest products, uh, uh, projects for our nonprofit, and it started out by me going out to the this, this school, um, and they had a small garden club, and so we started with one or two folks came out, and some nights I'd be out there by myself. And by week three, there was five or six people. And by, you know, week eight, there was 15 or 20 people. And, and our last one of our last weeks, we had almost 70 people show up one day. And wow. So that was just, yeah. And that was in a summer. Um, so over a, a three month time period, it went from, you know, crazy Dr. Alicia out in the field by herself, <laughs> to, you know, uh, over 50 people out in the out in the field with me. And we had you know, hundreds of sunflowers and every vegetable you could possibly think we had planted. So it came from this, like there was, it was bare dirt when we started. And when we ended last fall, it was a a flourishing, like incredible garden. And, and I had a lot of doubt. People were like, oh, don't do this. Community gardens don't work. There's so much work. Nobody's going to join this because everybody's too busy. And instead I had massive people that were like, oh my gosh, I've, I've always wanted to support something like this, but didn't have the time or energy to get it started. Um, and so when we, when we got it going, people have just shown up, you know, and it's, and it's really been impressive.
0: That is so wonderful. And you said you did this at a
1: school? Yeah. So actually the high school that I went to when I, so I was born and raised in Winlock, the town that I came back to. And so, um, you know, the school started a, a garden club last year, early in the spring. And, and the teacher was very concerned about, we're in a rural uh, area, high poverty, high generational poverty and we you know we send kids home with food over the weekends we have after school programs where we you know provide food for kids and so this teacher was just like we need to grow food here we need to teach kids how to grow food you know this needs to be part of what we do and so he started um he uh, uh his name was Ed Montgomery he started this very cool you know thing and then he ended up getting transferred to a school in Texas so i had come in very gung ho excited to help in any realm like our nonprofit will support you we'll get plants we'll get money i can get labor And so then he was like, I actually, you know, how we, what we need is for you to take over the garden because um, no one else has the ability or time to do that here. And when he said, take over the garden, the garden was a tilled plot of land. It was nothing more than an (laughs) open space. And so I showed up the first day of planting and we had hundreds of plants and about a dozen students. And he was like, all right, here's your garden. You know, like, you know, what do you want us to do? And I was like, oh my goodness, I was (laughs) not expecting that, but we did. We jumped in with two feet and, We produced um, hundreds of pounds of of vegetables last year that we either sent home every night with students. Um, It was during the summer by the time we were mass producing. So we would just have anybody from the community show up. So a lot of elementary school kids came up even though the gardens at the high school um, and so we, we sent hundreds of uh, pounds of produce home with folks, and then whatever was left over, we took to the food bank the following day. And so in a short amount of time, we were able to get a ton of food to a, a, a huge group of people, which was awesome.
0: That is so incredible. And what a great opportunity to be teaching kids first how to grow food and how to appreciate the the food that comes out of the ground, you know, I remember when my kids were really little and um, I did a class at one of my daughter's schools and I brought in a variety of vegetables and it was really interesting to me how few children could recognize what a particular vegetable was and, you know, like an eggplant, many of them did not know what eggplant was, right? And so yeah. it, it's so important to get these kids to to learn uh, growing and planting and tending and caring for something and then having that appreciation. and And my one daughter's school had a garden and I found that my daughter will eat any vegetable now because she grew it herself and she understood it. And I think that's so important. So thank you so much for doing that work in your community. It's really, really incredible that, that you're thank out there you. doing that. And I, I love that you got so much support in your community for that. That's fantastic. And I hope that other people listening to this will be excited to get out and do that in their own community or to support someone who is doing that. So, um do you have anything else going on? Do you have classes? Um, how can people connect with you? How can they get involved in some things that you 're doing?
1: Yeah, so we have a couple different things one um, the the school garden is a big thing for us, and so you know we 're taking you know twofold one we 're always taking volunteers and people with knowledge that they want to share in our garden and two we 're also as our nonprofit our goal is to help other people start gardens, start community gardens, start school gardens. We have a lot of very cool resources up here so we didn't recreate anything we pooled resources from all over in order to create this we didn't you know we didn't start over and so we would love to share you know what we did and the tools that we use to be able to share those with other folks who want to start something like this so that's one way if people have questions about that we'd be more than happy to kind of um you know tell people what we did all our trials and errors and all the mistakes that we've made along the way and all the really you know positive things that have been easy for us. Um, we at the nonprofit, we're kind of three folds. One, I, I see patients as a naturopathic provider. And so I do less primary care and more adjunct care. Um, and like I said, a lot of hydrotherapy and, and um, nature cure more so, which is prescribing a lot of herbs. Um, and, and I do a lot of body work. I think you really have to connect the, the mind, body, and soul with people. Um, and if, if people are physically not doing well, it's really hard to get everything else in playing. So we do that in the office. Um, Then we teach community education classes, so we're right now teaching a monthly herb class where we do uh, kind of an herb of the month, and then folks go, um, basically your your cost of the class means you're taking home a bunch of products. So every class, and we go through how to use them, so like uh, our first class was peppermint in January. So we talked about the benefits and uses of peppermint. Everyone went home with peppermint tea bags and peppermint essential oil, um, and some. We have a, we have a bunch of mint factories in Lewis County, and so someone actually donated their, you know, some of their products, and so we sent those home with folks and just talked about the ways they can incorporate mint um, into life. So every month is a different herb. This month is interesting because we're doing respiratory herbs, but because we're in such chaos in Washington State, and they're not even wanting people to meet up in groups. I'm thinking what we might end up doing is kind of I'll just send the handout to folks and then they can come in and pick up the herbs and we'll just do like a quick video chat type thing to to go through the class um, because it's a great class on respiratory herbs. So I want people to know the information um, but don't want to expose people. So it's a weird time. Um, and then we also... Um, yeah, so those are kind of our main, you know, and then the, so the school garden, our community education classes, um and then our natural services are is our main outreach right now in the community. That's we great. actually also um a cool company we got hooked up with is uh Fungi Perfecti. Um so Fungi Perfecti sponsored us last year. We had a um an apprentice through Centralia College, the local community college, and so we started growing mushrooms last year. Um, on our property. And our hopes is to educate folks about mushrooms and the benefits of those. And so that was a really cool connection we made last year.
0: That's, that's great. I love when so many people come together to create good things. So now people can reach you through your website, which is naturenurturepharmacy.org, and that's pharmacy with an F, or on your Facebook page, Nature Nurture Pharmacy, correct? And then you have Instagram yep. too, right?
1: Yep, we have an Instagram too. Yep. We're
0: kind of all over the place there. Great. Well, I encourage everyone to go and check out the nature nurture website and get involved in what they're doing or you know, see how you can, you know, help them, or if you're needing some help and you can reach out to Dr. Spaulding, that's awesome. Thank you so much. being on here with me today. I've really enjoyed talking to you and learning more about what you're doing. And so for all of our listeners, yeah, so for all of our listeners, thank you again for listening to this episode. If this is your first time listening and you're interested in learning more, you can subscribe to our channel on podbean.com. That's the wiseherbal.podbean.com. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And we'll be with you again soon.